Good morning, and it is morning today, January the 8th. In fact, it's very early in the morning, like about uh, 30 past midnight. And it's uh, actually past my bedtime, but I really wanted this to be available to people as early on the 8th as possible. Uh, this text is kind of a culmination of my reflections on the scripture about love and on what I witnessed on the 6th of January. It was almost like a train wreck, wasn't it? That uh, it was very difficult to take your eyes off of, but uh, oh, my goodness. So I want to speak today about love <laughs> and about how we know that we love. This is very important stuff, how we know that we love. Because, you see, I think only love can conquer the kind of evil, unadulterated evil that we saw on the 6th of January. Truly, it will go down as another day of infamy. Well, I want to read from 1 John fourth chapter, verses seven, to the end of the chapter. And I am here to tell you that this has made a profound difference in my life in the light of the recent happenings in our country. John says, beloved, remember, John is inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. So this actually is word of God. Thus saith the Lord, not our opinion, not John's opinion, but word of God. So he says, beloved, let us love one another. Love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. And in this is love. In this is love. Not that we have loved God. No. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, 
if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. In other words, his, light, his love is brought to completion in us. It is manifested in us. John continues, By this we know that we abide in him and he in us. In other words, how can we know that he abides in us? How can we know? How can we know? that we abide in him because he has given us of his spirit and we have seen and testify that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world of the world of the whole world no we're not talking i'm not talking about foreign countries. I'm talking about the world that is our nation. Do not be deceived. We are not a Christian nation. We live, we Christians live in the world that is not Christian. And so he has sent his son to be the savior of the world. All of those folk who are around us who are not Christian, you know, God still loves them. That's why Jesus said, love your enemies. God still loves them. After all, we were all enemies of Christ when God sent his son into the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. That's the second time he said that just in the text that we've read. And whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. It really doesn't get any clearer than that. If we abide in love, God abides in us and we abide in him by this. John says, by this, love is perfected in us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love 
fear. Someone asked a question on the news. How should we tell our children about the events of 1621? You know, I imagine to a child, it's just about like the old bomb drills that we used to go through in the 50s and early 60s where we would go under the desks and we would imagine in school that the atomic bomb was dropped. And uh, it was a scary thing. I, I remember just thinking, you know, I'm never going to make it to adulthood. This is not a safe place. How should we tell our children about the events of 1621, a day that will live in infamy. How should we tell them about that day and not scare the bejeebies out of them? Hmm. Perfect love casts out fear. And so as we tell people about the events of that day, we must tie that together with love for them. Because only the love of another person, the unselfish and unconditional love of another person, can free them from the fear that the events of the world cause. My mother, 94, you've heard me speak of her often. She called me on the 6th of January towards the evening and she was afraid. She said, Doug, have you, have you looked at the news? Have you seen what they're doing? first, I, I wasn't sure she was seeing the same news as I was. I wasn't sure what she was talking about. But it soon become, became evident to me. She was talking about the riots that she was witnessing that were taking place in Washington, D.C. Now, my mother's hospital is in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And she said, Doug, are they going to come for us? Is, is our country done? What's going to happen to us? Are they near us? Can they get us? Will they get us? I'm afraid. And so I comforted her with love. And... I said, no, Mom, they're, they're not coming here. They're not coming where you are. And I'm thinking, you know what? If love does not prevail over this hatred, they might very well come to wherever I live and to wherever, wherever you live. And let it be known for sure that there will be as much destruction when they invade your home 
as they wreaked upon those that were in the United States Senate and Congress, ransacked the place, desecrated the sacred halls of Congress. Not since 1800 has that been done. But nonetheless, my mother was afraid. She was afraid. And so I, I continue with the scripture. There is no fear in love. She did not feel love then. When I watched those events, I felt only arrogance, self-righteousness, rebellion, and hatred. There was a complete absence of love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. This commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. And so these are trying times, my Christian friends. These are times that truly try men's souls. They test our faith. They test our resolve to love. Talking about this love, casting out fear. It's the only weapon, really, that we have against this kind of unadulterated evil and hatred. What frightens me is when right is wrong, when black is white, and good is evil. I'm going to talk about that more, a little bit more tomorrow. We must be able to know at the deepest level what is of God and what is not. We have to have some centering belief. And the belief is that God is love and love is of God. Anything else must be of the deceiver. Oh, yes. Scripture talks about deceiving and being deceived. When there is no love, there is no love of God or righteousness. Up is down, down is up, east is west, west is east, north is south, and south is north. But we must be self-aware enough of our, of our own inner life to know our hearts when our hearts are calmed by love in the face of 
even the great storm of riot. Love must be what calms our souls. Love for God and his for us and ours for others. What is more frightening than the insurrection that I saw yesterday or on uh, the 6th is when this factiousness, this divisive rage invades the church. Any of the differences that we might have in the church are calmed and resolved and worked out because of love. When the church, either the congregation or the denomination or the larger church, when the church becomes divided and factious like the world is, then that's when I fear. And I fear that love is absent. So we must not, we must not allow fear and hatred to conquer the love that the church is to be filled with. Our North Star, our guiding principle is love. When hatred is justified, as love or righteousness when when evil is justified by twisting of mind and soul we must not believe that our lives depend upon us believing that love is from god and knowing what is love and what is hatred? What I saw on 1621 was pure hatred, arrogance, and rebellion. All of these things are counter to the love of our Heavenly Father. A factious spirit of evil is enough to tear a country apart. What bothered me perhaps more than a lot of the building destruction was that there were scripture quotations and scripture texts that were used to justify that. My friends, do not be deceived. Hatred is hatred and hatred is from Satan. Love is love, and love is from God. Solution is that our actions, our actions, our actions of Christians and of the church must be motivated by love. It is easy to react to the hatred that we saw with hatred. It's like falling off a log. But we must not do that. We must have love for God and for country and even for our enemy and for the and for one another. 
He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches this morning. Let us be ruled by love. In the face of hatred, let us be ruled by a sense of order in the face of chaos. Let us be ruled by righteousness in the face of evil. Oh, my friends, God is not done with us yet. God is still working with us. May he work within me and within you. Let there be peace. Let it begin with me. Amen. I'll talk to you in a few hours.